Hey guys, welcome to Spirit Pig. This is the show that explores how to live a fulfilled life. I'm Duncan CJ and today I'm talking with David Wagner. David is an internationally recognized spiritual teacher and many people seek him out to learn how to meditate and he's considered one of the best teachers alive today. He has dedicated his life to the exploration of personal transformation and over the last 21 years has worked with people from all walks of life including military personnel, combat veterans, Fortune 500 executives, Hollywood actors, Grammy award winning musicians and even outlaw bikers. Uh, most recently David has taken on the mission of serving the transformational needs of men and he is the author of the book Backbone, the modern man's ultimate guide to purpose passion and power. David, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Wow, that was such a good introduction. I'm like excited to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> no shit. Don't let me down. <laughs> Taking things way back, you and your three brothers got into drinking and drugs from a really young age. And yeah. fortunately, your alcohol and drug problem was the worst. I, lo I love that, that phrase, fortunately. It made me laugh because could you explain yeah. why, why was it a fortunate thing that y your problem was the worst? Well, because in my case, mine was was the kind that, that people don't live very long with. Um, you know, my brothers as well as, as my parents were both pretty functioning uh, alcoholics or drug addicts, you could say. Um, people that could use enough drugs and alcohol to sort of render them unable to live a really full life or be really good parents or that sort of thing. But not so bad that they're, you know, out bar fighting or getting locked up or overdosing or that sort of thing. But because maybe I got into it when I was so young, you know, I was much younger than my brothers. Um, you know, by the time I was in high school, you know, I was one of those kids, if you had these kids in high school that like nobody really expected me to, to live through high school. You know, I was that kid. Um, and because it was so severe, then that led me to getting help. And, um, you know, I ended up getting sober and just on my own, you know, we're talking like 1987. Um, so those were the days when rehab started coming into, uh, fashion, you could say. A lot of kids were getting sent to rehab. I never went to rehab. My parents actually used to argue with me and try to keep me from going to AA meetings. I just went on my own and um, and just went to 12-step programs and, and got sober. And that's what really introduced me to spirituality and, and, and the path that I'm on. So that's why I say fortunately, because it, instead of being drawn out over the course of a kind of semi- shitty life, um, my addiction sort of peaked and, and popped very early on. So we were talking, what, 14, 15, 16, got that young? 16 going on 17, yeah. God. And so that, that led to you, I think you spent most of your 20s, you lived in India, you're living in ashrams, like studying all like the ancient wisdoms yeah. and stuff. How was that? Like as, as a 20-year-old, like was this, you, you, were, you were properly living it, like weren't you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, by the time I was 25, I think that's when I first sort of went to India and, and started, you know, living in ashrams and dedicating myself full time to that. And um, yeah, it, it was great. I, I mean, also keep in mind that, you know, imagine male listeners that, you know, from the time that I was 24 until I was 27, let's say 28, I was totally celibate. 
And during some of those times, uh, you know, a great period of those times, I would practice something called brahmacharya. And your listeners can just look that up. Um, but anyway, it was an intense time that was very unusual, you know, for a young man in his in his twenties to to be doing. So what what was that? Because there was a sort of a course of events or something which changed the whole direction. Was it like two thousand seven or something? I think it was around about that sort of time. What was that like? Where did? What, how come you were like suddenly living that holy spiritual life? And then what kind of shifted all that? Well. Um, Duncan, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like from the time that I was about 20 until, uh, you know, well into my 30s, you know, my main focus in life was really my my spiritual well-being, you could say. And um, everything that I did in my life was focused around that. That was my main goal was to sort of get free in a spiritual way. And um, and then it happened. <laughs> you know, like all of that kind of paid off. But then when it happened, I learned this thing that uh, happens, which is then you don't become ultra spiritual. Then you just become ultra real, <laughs> you could say, because the things that make us like a spiritual guy or a spiritual lady or whatever, oftentimes those are sort of practices. Those are things that we're doing as a kind of medicine to help ourselves in some way. Um, whether it's being vegetarian or uh, practicing celibacy or, um, you know, following these disciplines that that give us that sort of spiritual way of being sometimes it's also just bullshit i mean sometimes it's just like the way that people carry themselves and it's an act um but um what i discovered was that you know when i i had that big breakthrough around 2007 um the breakthrough was just like coming back into a super authentic me and um, free from me in a certain way too, but I was also free from you know the need to to walk such a tight line in my spiritual life and in my practice. And I I actually realized that a lot of the stuff that I was doing in the name of spirituality had become sort of bullshit or dogmatic, and um, and so then I just started exploring me again, you know. And just being this guy from Peoria, Illinois, who likes to listen to Black Sabbath and ride motorcycles and all that kind of stuff was no longer uh, a conflict. It probably was never a conflict, but for a while I needed to put that stuff aside um, to sort of heal, you could say. Um, And then once that stuff was mostly healed, then I could just embrace life and all of its bigness and it not be a conflict uh, with my deep spirituality. Yeah, I love it. I was, <laughs> one, one of your, your work. No one's ever, no one's ever asked me that, by the way. People <laughs> ask, this is like a very unusual question for somebody to ask me. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I liked it. Cause I, I saw one of the, um, based on what you're saying just there at the end, um, your work was described. I can't remember who it was, who said it, but uh, it's been described as no bullshit spirituality, which I like that idea mm. of no bullshit spirituality. Do you think, that, do you think that's a fair description? Well, I don't know. I mean, because I know how much bullshit I still bring, you know, but um, so it's hard to say that with, with a clean with a clean heart. But 
Yeah, I mean, that's how I was introduced to spirituality, Duncan. You know, all the way back when I went to AA in Peoria, those first spiritual teachers of mine were really no bullshit spirituality gurus, man. I mean, these were just recovering alcoholics, um, you know, and some other men that, that I found to, to mentor me back then. But, you know, it, it's like for people that spirituality is not an option, you know, it's not like a fashion thing. It's not like your friends are doing it, so I'm going to do it. You know, when you're learning to pray and meditate so that you can get through another 24 hours without calling your dealer or, you know, learning to pray and meditate to like pull yourself out of just like a totally psychotic anxiety attack um it really teaches you how to pray and meditate in a way that just you know going to the yoga studio and you know ringing the gong just can never do um we used to say that religion is to save your soul and spirituality is to save your ass and um you know so that was my introduction to that and and that has continued to be the case for me and it's the way that I work with, you know, most of the people that I work with, you know, in, in my coaching programs and my retreats and stuff like that. Um, you know, they don't come because there's any cool factor to my events or whatever. I'm just not that guy yet. I mean, maybe I will be at some point. But most of the people that come to me are people that, you know, they're in some shit and um, they, they need to – they need to get out of it. And also here's the other important thing to say is that, um, you know, when I, when I tell that story, you know, the typical hero's journey thing or whatever that everybody has to tell, um, if they're in this line of work, um, I I don't want to misrepresent because yeah, I, I was this, you know, 14, 15 year old little juvenile delinquent, you know, kid, you know, played in punk rock bands and, you know, just did drugs and fucked off and, you know, lucky to survive and all that. That's the dramatic part of the story, you could say. Um, And then I had this revelation and then I got sober and whatever. But the truth is, Duncan, is that all of this, you know, all of this that I am now and what I'm doing now and who I really am, I mean, this is really an authentic version of me. That seed was there in that little unhappy kid, you know, all the way back. So it's, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's not like it that before. Was, it's not like it before. And then this is like a new you. This was always yeah. you, but you had the bullshit covering it all up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, that's why I say, you know, that I work with people that are in like deep shit, but they're like people who underneath that deep shit really know that that there's a better potential for them, you know, because there's plenty of people that are just like lost and, you know, just in deep shit. And it's not, it's if I really wanted to work with them, I could just like, you know, go to, you know, set up a table outside Walmart or something and, you know, just like be a preacher, but that just doesn't work. It's, you know, I work with people that are like in shit, but that also, you know, have enough of a spark within them to seek help. And, and to really know that there's a way to kind of come out of it. That's it. I love that. And what, what kind of, what, what's taking this turn into, because like I mentioned there in the introduction, you got your new book, like Backbone, and it's teaching like modern man, you know, how to, how to be a man. But like, what are the main problems or concerns with modern man today? Well, Duncan, um, men don't have an Oprah. 
<laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's no super soul Sunday for men. Um, and I, I just say that because those sorts of things and, you know, really most of the new age world and personal transformation world um, is so predominantly for women. And that's because women have had to make this big evolution, you know, over the past 50, 60 years and, um, and, you know, totally change how they are in society, how they are in families. And they've needed a lot of support to do that. And so then now 2015, we have yoga and Pilates and um, meditation and Deepak Chopra and, you know, all of these resources where people, mostly women, um, can heal themselves and empower themselves and learn about the law of attraction and all this sort of thing. Um, but while that evolution was happening with women, uh, most men didn't take part in that. I mean, there's always some men, probably men like you or, or you know, men like me that were just evolutionary oriented you know, that are going to seek out stuff no matter what. But, you know, the thing is, and why I, why I say Oprah, um, and maybe I'm just like being super American when I talk about that. Maybe nobody even knows who Oprah is. But, yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, it, it's because Oprah was able to, not just her, but the Oprah Chopra is what I call it, the Oprah Chopra syndrome. Um was able to reach all kinds of really mainstream women, you know. So now just about any girl coming up has some sort of an idea of empowerment. It might not be a great idea. It might not be the deepest idea, whatever. But most little girls grow up today thinking, um, I need not to be a disempowered woman when I grow up. What kind of empowered woman? Well, there's lots of different versions of that. But I need not to just be disempowered and, and, you know, stuff my dreams and be subservient to men. Boys, on the other hand, we don't have all of that. You know, we just have don't get in trouble, um, be successful in some way, you know, be able to pay your bills. And when you entertain yourself, again, try not to get in trouble. And that's the bar, you know, that, like, that's the only thing that we need to, to get above to be considered a successful man, you know, in our society. And so we have this thing where, um, you know, women are going off to the transformational weekend and their husbands are sitting home, you know, drinking beer and jacking off to porn, you know, or like sitting and, you know, watching TV on the couch um, or, you know, whatever. Not necessarily, you know, mowing the lawn, you know, whatever. They're not necessarily like doing self-destructive things, but they're not at the transformational weekend. And most just ordinary dudes don't want to have anything to do with this stuff. Most ordinary dudes are not listening to this podcast, (laughs) you know, um, because they just, you know, from from a thousand feet away, it just doesn't seem like it's for them. Um, it seems lavender and kind of feminized and like it means that you're going to have to take off your shoes and kind of like, you know, open your heart, and, you know, bend over, <laughs> you know, like literally the biggest thing in the world right now is yoga. And the main thing that you do in yoga is bend over in a room full of people. 
And that just like goes so contrary to like the masculine psyche. So um, I don't even remember what the original question. Oh, what are the problems with the modern men? So, um, so anyway, there's just that is lacking. Just yeah. that that vitamin of of personal transformation stuff is just lacking within the sort of Western civilization. Just within the within the oxygen, there's just a lack of that for men. So because of that. Um, yeah, men just generally, I just see them being very passive and um, lacking passion and uh, kind of just, you know, like lumpy and, and floppy and, um, you know, and not and helpless. You know, it's not even like they're, they're angry and, you know, throwing bricks through windows and stuff like that. They're just counting the days off, you know, just getting older and, yeah, and just sitting in front of their computer, you know, living a vicarious life. Um, so, yeah, so what we're really trying to do, um, you know, with this work and, you know, everything, the book, the coaching work that I do, the retreats, all that stuff, my courses – um, and, and, you know, touring, everything is really just to reach out to men and just, you know, uh, start a conversation and try to present a, a paradigm for transformational work that is masculine, you know, where they don't have to take off their shoes. They don't have to bend, bend over, you know, all that stuff. They don't have to sit on the floor. They don't have to look into your eyes, you know, like. <laughs> All of that stuff where, you know, they can learn how to just have a conversation with other men or be mentored by another man um, that doesn't have to trigger off all their father issues or whatever, um, that, that doesn't have to, you know, make them into something feminine. So that's that's kind of the short version of it. <laughs> and you, you, talk, you talk about like, because I mean, one, one, I guess, like, you know, by opening up this conversation you're kind of like rather than having to have you know without shoes like without you're trying to like normalize it and actually encourage you know encourage the conversation encourage the questioning um but you discuss the importance of men identifying their mission in life and this idea of like finding you know working out what their purpose is like how how do you kind of suggest obviously if you've got the books the mentoring that's great but what is how do you kind of suggest people go about even starting to figure that out well look at your pain you know, like look at look at your life and um, just see on a scale of one to ten. You know, like any listener can just do this quiz. This is like something from my course, but I'll just give you this exercise right now. Any listener, um, you just make a, a list from one to ten, and you put ten categories in your life. And you know, there's things like work, romantic relationships, sexuality, money. Um, physical, uh, fitness, spirituality. Um, anyway, there's 10 of them. You can come up with the rest of them. And then just do a brutally honest assessment um, on a scale of 1 to 10 um, of a few things, like how well are you doing in those things? Like how well are they actually showing up? Um, how, you know, what's what I call your fuck yeah factor? Um, which is like how much you can just take that thing and be like, fuck yeah, that's me. You know, like everything from your wife, you know, 
to your, uh, your body, you know, to the town that you live in, you know, do you wake up in the morning like I do and just, you know, look out the door and just be like, yes, this is the best place in the world I could live. Um, and just to look at, look at all of those things. How well are you doing? How's it showing up? What's your fuck yeah factor? And, and then how true is it for you? And, and then just give yourself a score. And to whatever degree your score is below 100, um, or let's be, let's be you know, realistic, below 85, there's going to be some suffering. And there's going to be some settling. And there's going to be some um, sort of closet syndrome. You know, like gay men who live in the closet uh, and, and pretend to be someone else. You know, they suffer so much. Well, you know, gay men aren't the only men that, you know, have to come out of the closet. You know, a lot of us, to some degree or another, are also just living some other life. We're living, you know, the life that our dad wanted us to live or we're living the opposite life that our dad wanted to live to say fuck you to our dad or, you know, whatever. But we're not living, we're not, we don't know ourselves. So, you know, we don't really know how to craft that life. So that's the first thing is I just really try to get men in touch with their pain and their discontent. Um, <laughs> what a new age thing to say. I specialize in helping men find their pain and discontent, you know, faster, more effectively than any other new age teacher. <laughs> but seriously, that's the, that's the no bullshit part of it, you know, um, because otherwise then the practices, the new age stuff can become like analgesics, you know, it's like, you know, a lot of women do this today where, you know, they're miserable in their marriage. Um, they're not into their life, but as long as they can get to that yoga class four times a week, they can get through, you know, it's like their husband's a douchebag and doesn't take care of their emotional needs, but then they go online and watch my videos or, you know, go to Deepak Chopra or whatever um, to kind of like soothe them in some way. I don't want to soothe anybody. I want to fucking rub salt in your wounds um, so that you can like wake up and take care of some of that stuff. And yeah, so that's the first step. And then once they're able to actually look at it and see, well, no, actually, I'm not really living my life. Then the question could be, well, what is my life? What is my vision? Who am I really? And, you know, if I was really living a life that was true, um, you know, what might that look like? Yeah, because then, yeah, absolutely. So first of all, it's, it's I mean, does that, does that, yeah, you got you got to identify the problem. You can't really build on it unless you work out, okay, this is clearly not working. This is not my life. It's not yeah. where I want to be. Yeah. And then boom, then the next stage is to actually build up from yeah. there. And the thing is, is it's important for men to learn a little bit of nuance with that. Because again, what we're raised to, what we're raised to look out for is failure and danger, hmm. right? So like if a man is making money and the marriage is not like domestic violence, <laughs> you know, then, okay. You know, and there's not like, I don't know, wildfires in their yard or something like that. Then they think that they're okay. Yeah. 
But what I try to introduce is this idea that, you know, basic idea in all of my training programs is that you deserve the best of life and life deserves the best of you. I believe this is true for every single human being because it's an equation. You see, if we are really bringing the best of us to our life, then we deserve the very best of life. If we're not bringing the best of us, then we deserve what we get. Um, but if we are willing to bring the best of us, I really believe that, that like every man, woman, and child deserves to just have the very best. And so like to introduce that idea that no, it's not just like, is your marriage failing? It's like, is your marriage fucking turning you on? You know, it's not, you know, is your job paying the bills and it's okay and I get okay benefits and I get okay. No, like do you get out of bed in the morning and feel like, yes, as a man of honor, I am putting on my work outfit and going into this job with pride. You know, like that's the standard. Um, and that's a whole new thing for most men when I talk to them. Because we're just keeping our heads down and, you know, just trying not to, not to get fired and, you know, not to get caught with our porn stash and, you know. It's just, it's just, it's just, I think, I think being comfortable or coasting. I mean, that's, like you say, from the surface, you got, you got the job, everything seems like it's kind of okay. You got like, you're ticking all the boxes. But it, it's not. If, if it's just coasting and comfortable, then you need to take it yeah. up a level. And that's how this midlife crisis thing happens, you know, um, that, you know, a man gets into his mid, you know, middle of his life and freaks out, you know, because he has been settling. And again, without a lot of reflection or mentoring or whatever, then he just freaks out. He's like, oh, well, fuck it. I've always wanted to have a motorcycle. Or, you know, I've always wanted a car and now I have the money and now I'm going to do it. God damn it. And I'm going to fuck my secretary, too, because I've been thinking about that for 20 years. And and they do this kind of spasmodic freak out and do all that stuff without consciousness. And then oftentimes they'll get in trouble. You know, and they'll either get caught and, you know, get busted or they'll, you know, spend too much money or they'll just look like a buffoon and they'll see that themselves and whatever. And then they just go back into their shell. It's like, okay, I had my midlife crisis. Now I'm going back, you know. It's like when you, you know, let the dog off the leash and he just like freaks out and like runs all around the neighborhood and then, you know, comes back with his tail between his legs. I'm interested in having, you know, like talking to a man like you in his 20s um, or a man in his 30s and, and sort of really starting to look at some of these deep, deep questions. And, um, you know, I think just like live in that way where you're doing what you want to be doing with the people that you're wanting to do it with. Um, you're enjoying life and you're, and you're fulfilling a mission. You know, the thing about the midlife crisis is it's almost always entertainment oriented. Um, whereas those things are important to a man. The thing that really feeds a man is his need to accomplish missions and to have a purpose. And that's the thing that at the end of the day, um, 
really helps a man to, to feel deeply happy is when he knows that. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And you, 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 I think you're just saying that, I mean, it ties in this, the word that came up a few times when I was um, reading some of your stuff, I watched a couple of um, other interviews and stuff, was this idea of ownership, um, this idea of ownership mm-hmm. and taking ownership and charge of their lives. And it's just so crucial. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was interesting you hearing that, just being like, yeah. actually... No one else is going to do it for you. Nothing. No one's going to come along and be like, actually, here's your idol life. You've got to actually take that ownership. Yeah. And like research it. I mean, like men on the Internet, you know, instead of just entertaining yourselves, definitely stop playing video games. I'm just saying that like straight off the bat. Just stop it. It's a waste of time. It fries your brain. It just makes you into a, like a worse person every minute that you spend playing video games. Um, <laughs> I love to say extreme shit like that. Anyway, use your time. If you must sit in front of the internet for as long as you do, use that time to research yourself. You know, like research men that you admire, you know, like men from history or men from the public eye or whatever that like you admire. Um, Research Stuff that turns you on, you know, aside from from sexual stuff, um, research, you know, if you were going to, you know, drive whatever vehicle you could to work every day, what would that be? You know, would it be a, you know, minivan? Would it be a tank? You know, (laughs) would it be a helicopter gunship? Would it be a motorcycle? You know, would it be a bicycle that you could be in good enough shape to ride to work? You know, just knowing what those sorts of things are, you're learning about yourself. Where would you live if you could live anywhere? It's almost, you know? like, it's almost like vision boarding, isn't it, I guess? You got your, it, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Rather than, yeah, you, you know, rather than printing off and putting on a board, like, I guess you're mentally, like, thinking different facets of your life. Okay, how does my health look? How does my home look? How does my, you know, holidays yeah. look? And then you're kind of creating that picture and you can see it. It's yeah. tactile, you can, you know, it's, it's got form and it makes it more real, doesn't it? Yeah, and that's what he's doing. That's what that man is doing. After his wife has gone to bed and he's slumped in his office chair staring at the computer screen for hours, um, that's what he's doing. He just doesn't even realize it. Mm. You know, he's in a cage and, and he sees the, the, the light of the screen of his computer is like a crack in that wall. And, and he's just looking to get out and he just doesn't, you know, that's the thing about the internet because you can find a video game on it to completely waste your time or you can find porn on it to entertain yourself in that way for a minute. Um, but you can also find stuff like this podcast. You can find, you know, like courses that they can uplift you. You can find amazing videos of TED Talks and just so many things. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that we're talking about right now. I've never talked about this before, but you know, I I just have that vision so clearly of, you know, like that crack of light coming through the dungeon wall, (laughs) you know, and if a man does it skillfully, um, he can find his way out through that crack. A lot of people do. I mean, that's how people find me, you know, that's how people end up, you know, doing my thing. For sure, I love the, uh, I love the I love the quote that you started your book with um, by Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I prefer mm. dangerous freedom to peaceful slavery. Yeah. So just it's just like boom, yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of speed round questions, which we 
finish off all done yeah. with is uh but like great to hear your thoughts what does a fulfilled life mean to you a fulfilled life for me um is a life where the whole of me has expression and i don't mean like artistic expression i don't mean in that sense i just mean that um each of us is a whole person and you know, we have these different aspects to ourselves. You know, the book I talk about the king, the warrior, the mystic, the lover, these kind of archetypal sides, the wild man. Um, and so a fulfilled life is a life that has room for all of those different aspects of us to express themselves. And, and, uh, by express themselves, I mean like actually like have some, have some thing to chew on, you know, where like the work life that we're doing, it's hard, you know, like not that it's like it has to be hard, but that it's like challenging for us. We have to, we have to like get bigger to do our work in some way. Um, but it also is excellent and has great influence on whatever it is that we're doing. And it has good rewards, you know, that our love life, you know, where we can really be ourselves and our fullness and our sexuality can be really expressed and enjoyed and um, our spirituality is really robust and full. Um, and as men, one of the things that is really important is that warrior aspect that's not going to be called on us in most cases in a modern life. We can just live our whole modern life on a couch. But men especially really need to go out of their way and do some hard shit, you know, like do some hard physical shit, um, do some little dangerous stuff, um, do some adventure and do things where our heart pounds, our senses becomes, you know, super focused. Um, yeah. So I can go on and on about a fulfilled <laughs> life. I love that question, but that's a short story. And what's one thing all our listeners can do today that will have a massive positive effect on their lives. Um, I think just if it's just one thing, that's a tough question. If you ask me three things, it would be easier. But if it's one thing, um, you can cheat if you want. <laughs> no, I like the I like the challenge. But um, to you know, just do that. Do that personal assessment. You know, do that exercise that I mentioned in the beginning of just you know making a list of you know ten categories of your life, and just doing like a brutally honest assessment of how good it is, how true it is, um, and, you know, how much you feel passion in that area. And then just whatever your score is, just know that you can totally, it's not unrealistic to, to have a 95. And it just takes some, just takes some work and some tune up, but just doing the exercise is not going to do it. You know, that's just a first step. It's a, it's a road. It's a, it's a path. You should look, yeah, you, I think that's something you could look on. Actually, that's quite a fun challenge because you're, you're crafting. It's you're crafting your ideal life, isn't it? So this isn't something to be like, oh shit, like I got to do this stupid exercise. It's like no, let's design. It's like yeah, lifestyle design. You're designing your the perfect life. So yeah, I think that, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, are there any books or resources which have changed or had a massive impact on you? Yeah, a few. Um, you know, I think all men should at least try to read Iron John, which was is sort of like this seminal work by Robert Bly. 
um, about men that certainly had a, a big impact on me. Um, I think, uh, I think Tony Robbins work is really great. I just smile and laugh when I say that because like in a way he's like such like a pop, uh, pop psychology icon, but his stuff is actually super deep. I didn't even look at his stuff until I had been on the spiritual path for like 25 years. And, um, and then looking at it, just really see that it, it has some, has some really good, good medicine in it. Um, Jeez, there's so there, there's so many things. Those are two, those are two like good that. ones. I mean, yeah, I then yeah. I know what you mean. Like, totally, like it's quite funny. Even when I was um, like doing stuff in sort of different niches and stuff like that, it's, it, it's crazy how much Tony's name comes up. It doesn't matter. Oh. He, he's literally just like everyone's like, oh fuck yeah, Tony. He's, he's the best. I <laughs> believe. No, I, here's the thing. I really believe that Tony Robbins is an angel. I really do. I really think that he is just a, a being that that God has sent to uplift the world. I, and he's not the only one. <laughs> this is funny. Like I've, I, you know, I've never done his, I've never gone to any of his things. I've never hung out with him. I met him once, but um, yeah, but I, I really believe that because you just look at man, talk about, because what I talk about for men is thump, like finding your thump and your thump is your potency, your impact and your influence. And man, Tony Robbins has got some serious thump, you know, like just his influence and how much he's, you know, like you talk to almost anyone that's in this field and in some way, shape or another, he has, he has impacted us. Uh, But you know what? Here's the thing is that all of those resources are fine and good, but the thing that will help people more than anything, especially men, is to just like put down the resources and just go outside you know, just go out into some wilderness, whatever the closest wilderness is, you know, even if it's just like a really deep park in your city, you know, you can probably find some wilderness around Berlin somewhere um, or any major city. But just like go out in the wilderness, you know, by yourself, you know, or with some other men and just be quiet. Just be in silence and, and just, you know, allow allow that to impact you and allow that to be a mirror for how true you are, you know, because, you know, before you said crafting the perfect life, and it's not that it's not the perfect life. It's crafting the truest life because, you know, your true life might be really imperfect by somebody else's standards. Mine sure is. It's what it is, is it's like, living your truth you know so when i'm out here in the canyon and you know i'm hanging out with a with a sage bush a white sage bush or something like that you can't say that it's perfect you know because this side of it is lopsided and that part of it has been eaten up by animals and you know but it's totally true it's just a thousand percent sage bush doing its thing totally fragrant awesome um and so that sage bush then becomes a beautiful guru and, and, and mirror for me to see how true I'm coming. Um, so of all the resources and books and courses, and yeah, definitely buy my book for yourself and all your friends. Um, <laughs> take all my courses. But <laughs> the most beneficial thing that you can do is, is just go outside and, and just be quiet and just let that teach you something. Great advice, son of a. 
<laughs> Last but not least, how can people stay in touch, find out about you, your book and stuff? Where can we send them? Yeah, davidhwagner.com is the website. Don't forget the H. Um, it's very important. David H. Wagner, also on uh, Instagram, also on uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter. It's all David H. Wagner. We're sort of getting it all together. For men's specific stuff, you can check out Men's Revolution on um, Instagram, wildmanuniversity.com. Uh, you can also get that through my website. And on Facebook, it's wildman or mildman. Dot, uh, wild man or mild man Facebook uh, page. You can check that out. Amazing. This I think been, that's this, just about everything. This has been such an interesting conversation. It's really, 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 really enjoyed it a lot. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Duncan. This is great. You asked some great questions. Mm-hmm.